0: Hey everybody great to have you here with us today and we are in our series called emerged for the new year i hope your new year has been off to a great start as is and i just want to start off by asking you a question today and that question is what would you do if you won the powerball lottery and we know that the new year started with the whole rock and eve thing they did a whole powerball and somebody won and kind of forget who that was. But what would you do if you won the Powerball lottery? And in the chat, if you would just write your answer, you can be funny, you can be serious whatever that would be. Because today we're going to be talking about finances. We're going to be talking about what it looks like to enter into a new year financially sound, but in a God-pleasing way, a God-honoring way. And that's what Pastor James is going to be speaking on today. So if you haven't already, make sure you check into social media. Let your friends know that you're worshiping here with us and that Salem Fields is an awesome church. You love this church and if it's your first time with us welcome we are glad that you're here and that we hope that you enjoy the service.
1: Let's give it some praise this morning of gratitude. Right. Good morning, everybody. How you doing? Sit down. Stand up. Sit down. <laughs> I didn't say no. You can stay standing. No, sit down. Go ahead. Man, look at you guys. are like rocks. You don't care about nothing. I'm just going to wait until the final announcement. I like that. So welcome this morning. We're glad you're here. Uh, I guess it's 2021. I don't, haven't noticed a difference from last year personally. So um, it could be a continuation or groundhog gear. Uh, which is fine as well, so that's maybe a new movie idea, so write that down. Um, glad you're here. So anyway, we, uh, as you know, we give a lot here. You all are giving people. We've, I've been here, gosh, 12 years now, 13 years or something, and one thing I've noticed about our family here is that we're very giving folks. Um, we give in lots of different ways and, and to lots of different things. The tithe that we take obviously keeps this mission rolling forward. Our mission, as you know, is to share Christ and hope anywhere to everyone, Right. Um, in some form of, of the wording. But the reality is that's what we're all about. Every time you give, we, you make that possible. The only way you can't give today is by buckets getting passed around. So we've left them outside for you. There's uh, credit card machines. There's ways to give on apps. Um, you can will things to us. I mean, we take live animals probably. I mean, we've got lots of property back there. So literally anything that you give us, we convert to hope. All right, and so that's sort of like this thing I've been thinking about this year is, is what, I mean, it's my own personal yearly thing. What can in my life can I convert to hope? And honestly, the funny part about it is money is the easiest thing to convert to hope. You know, but uh, we have lots of things in our lives, but the tithe is a way of converting finances into hope, and that's exactly what it does. So join us in, in uh, being uh, a giving people. And we're thankful for it. Um, don't forget, there's connection cards. Uh, again, we're not going to give you a connection card because we don't want to give you any reason to blame us for getting sick. So <laughs> you can go online to SalemFields.com/front/slash/connection and fill out a card, or, or on an app, or just wave vigorously at a pastor or somebody as you walk by. Here you go. See, just like that. And uh, and then we'll scribble down your information. Um, but truly, this is a, this next one kind of goes together. And, and Facebook. Um, it's a way for us to connect with you and you to connect to the world. So when you give us a connection card, we're able to connect with you and tell you what's going on and and share with you how we're doing, what things are are going on. And then you share with us your prayer requests, we can pray with you. And then when you check in on Facebook, which you could do right now as well, it's also a way for you to share to the world how your life is being changed at this moment, which is cool. And tell people that you're worshiping God in the midst of the chaos you're you're worshiping God. So by all means check in on Facebook. Start a watch party if you want, even when you're here, which would be kind of weird but cool. You could sort of have that going on at the same time in this weird echo chamber. But you can do a watch party on Facebook, anything you want to do. We'd love to have you. This week coming up we have a 24 hour prayer marathon. Angel, thank you for signing up for all 24 hours. Uh, she's a real trooper. She's going to plant herself here from 7 to 7. Just kidding. Nobody's done that yet except me. i, I got a cot. I'm going to be here. But from 7 p.m. on Friday to 7 p.m. on Saturday, we just want somebody praying for, for something, right? So we're going to have these prayer prompts and things that we want you to pray for. But the truth of the matter is, and all kidding aside, prayer is our number one weapon against the darkness of, of this generation and this world, the things that are happening around us. Prayer is not something that we fall back to. It's the first weapon, And God says that that I will hear you. And so we wanna be a praying people. And so from seven to seven, even if you're at home, if you're wherever in the world, you can pray virtually with us, whatever it takes, man. But we want you to go sign up and let us know that you're praying. We wanna fill 24 hours with prayer. So as long or as short as you can, an hour being hopefully the minimum, pray with us. Salemfields.com front slash emerge dash prayer. All right, just sign up, let us know you're praying, and we'll be praying with you. So we're also going to have a room open in the back here. You can come pray physically if you wish. Night to Shine's coming up, right? February 12th, you know, it's going to be different this year. I think they call it a shine through. I was just chatting online with somebody who watches the service who uh, was saying that her mom's going to sign her up, and she wants to come be a part. She's been to seven different Night to Shines. And so she's looking forward to it and something that's just so huge for folks that we get to celebrate them. And so even though it's going to look different, we still need help. We've got 75 to 7 to 80 people signed up. We need people to come help support that. And again, it's going to be completely different than it has been before. We still need folks. So man, join us, would you? Just go to salemfields.com front slash night to shine, sign up. We'd love to have you here to help us celebrate people who need to be celebrated. Okay. And last giving statements. If you anything last year and you want to take advantage of it tax-wise by all means go to salemfields.com front slash giving and you can download your giving statement and you can send it to the irs and claim whatever bounty you get for doing that so um, it's available online we can do it for you but we'd rather you just go and do it yourself so that's fair All right, look, we're going to continue worshiping. So now you can stand up again since you've had your little break there. We love you and we're thankful for you.
2: Every day I'm reminded of how imperfect I am. But that's great because I'm reminded that I serve a perfect God. So even when I struggle, even when I fail, He doesn't. His love never fails. So let's rejoice in that this morning. Stay the same.
1: So thankful for your powerful name. It's your powerful name that we rely on right now, Father God. Lord, we are a people in a country that is broken and divided, Father, and has been for so very long, but Lord, we know who the unifier is. We know where unity lies. We know where truth is. We know where hope is, and God, it's because of the power of the name of Jesus that we have confidence to say, Father God that all will be well and right and that you will do abundantly beyond what we can imagine. But God, you've asked us to do some things. You want us, Father God, to be involved. You've, you've asked us to be your hands and feet. You've invited us to be a part of the building the kingdom and pushing back darkness and spreading hope. But Father God, we need you to do that, honestly. As much as some of us want to do that, Lord, we seem to be so woefully incapable of doing it, God. We seem so unequipped. So Lord, we rely on you again. Father God, we rely on you to fill us with your Holy Spirit. We rely on you for the power and the motivation, eyes to see and ears to hear those that are hurting around us and the, the, the will and the ability in your name, Father God, to serve those people. Starting in our own households, God. Starting in our neighborhoods, in our communities, Father God, and on our social media. God, we ask you to reign. Lord, start today, here, now. Those of us that are gathered here, those of us online, those of us watching next week, Father God, when they're watching a rebroadcast, it doesn't matter when it happens, Father God. Start with us in this moment. In the power and presence of your Holy Spirit, fill Pastor James today, Father God, as he leads us in a message that you've given him, a message of unity and strength and submission. So God, Father God, we just we, we cast ourselves at your feet knowing that you're going to do something incredible. And God, we celebrate you today because you are mighty. In the powerful name of Jesus, amen. Have a seat, folks.
3: Good morning. We're so glad that you are here today. Um, As Pastor Kelly alluded to already, we live in interesting days. And I thought about uh, whether or not I would change today's message to talk about some of that. But I I thought better than that, that uh, we would have a cultural deeper dive today. And we're going to do it right after the church. It'll be Kelly, myself, and Pastor Chris. And we're just going to do a cultural deeper dive, and we're going to talk about how, as belongers, how we engage what's going on in our world and uh, how we dig into that and how we allow God to use us as peacemakers or as people who bring people together in the midst of such Division and, and, and hatred and, and tough things and all the stuff that's going on. So uh, we're going to do that live at one o'clock today. Um, and so we'll play it on Tuesday and Thursday. And then we'll continue our regular Deeper Dive on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And so uh, I don't want to promise you that you can watch it live because I don't know if that's going to be possible, but I can tell you that we will uh, play it on Tuesday and Thursday. And so uh, you be in prayer for uh, our leaders, be in prayer for our, uh, we still have COVID happening and all of this kind of stuff, right? I was listening to the CEO of Murray Washington Healthcare System and kind of giving a update on our region and the state of Virginia and some of the things that uh, the hospitals are dealing with in the greater Fredericksburg area. So be in prayer for the nurses and the doctors and our first responders uh, who are dealing with this issue in light of everything else that's going on. And then pray for yourselves. Say, God, how can you use me in this moment? How can you put me on and wear me like a glove in the midst of all that's going on around us? There's some people who are fearful. There's some people who are angry. There's all kinds of stuff going on. And I just believe that we're not here at this moment by mistake. I just believe that we're not belongers. By mistake in this moment, I believe that God wants to do exceedingly, abundantly above all we can ask or think or imagine uh, in this moment. And and, and it's easy to say, God, do it through that person, do it through Pastor James, do it through the staff, do it through this leader, that leader, when the reality is, God, do it through me. Here I am. I surrender myself to you. I bend my knee. I bow my knee and say, God, do it through me. And God will answer that prayer. If we will bow our knees and say, God, here I am, use me. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. God will do it through you. And don't, and don't presume what God will do. You might be on one side of the issue and you say, God, you're going to use me for righteous justice. And God might be saying, no, 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 I want you on this side of the issue. Or you might be on this side of the issue and say, God, do this. And God says, no, 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 I want to use you for righteous justice. Don't presume on what God wants to do. Just bow before him and say, God, here I am. Use me. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, in the deeper dive, and you'll be able to look at that. Well, today we continue uh, our emerged New Year Hope series. A couple of weeks ago, we we talked about emerged New Year Hope. And we learned from the the life of Nehemiah that whenever we're going through in this 2021 year that we need to do a couple of steps that will help us see God move in ways that we did not expect. We talked about defining the problem, understanding what the problem is, and then going to God with the problem and then doing the hard work that God instructs us to do so that we can see God move in the problem, last week we talked about what it, what it means to, to have this kind of New Year life. And, and we learned from Paul, as Paul was writing to the church of Ephesus, Paul kind of encouraged the church to treasure the time. He, he said to the church, you don't know how much time you have, so, so treasure your time. And secondly, he said, make the most of every chance you get. And then know what God wants. So this this week, uh, our topic for today is is emerged, New Year giving. Now, I don't want you to get all upset. I'm not going to get all scared that the pastor is going to move into hitting you up because I'm not going to hit you up today, at least not yet. I'm not going to hit you up today. This is not that kind of message. We're not necessarily talking about that type of giving. Dale Schaefer. A leader in a, a church of Florida says this about Mark Batterson's new book, Winter Day." This community is so familiar with Mark Batterson. We've been there, he's been here, and so we're familiar with Mark Batterson. He said as he was reading the introduction to that book, uh, th- he, this, this idea was triggered in his mind. We often want God to give us more, which leads to us trusting God less And he says, instead, perhaps we should ask God for less in order that we might trust God more. That's an interesting idea. But here's the reality. How many people are here pray that God would give them less? My hand goes down too. Because that's not our reality. Usually we're saying, God, keep us where we are financially or give us more. And because we kind of think that way, Uh, I believe that we need to have this discussion about an Emerge New Year giving and, and what that kind of life looks like. Emerge New Year giving is about creating balance in your life and your life includes your finances. Emerge New Year Giving is about creating balance in your life and in your finances. But before we get there, I want to introduce you to the three laws of balance. The three laws of balance, I think they're going to be on the screen. Say them with me. The first law of balance is reference point. Say it with me. Reference point. The second law of balance is constant correction. And the third law of balance is clear objective. Clear objective. All right, let's say them all three together. Reference point. Clear objective. Clear objective. That's right. So we need to have a reference point, a clear, a constant correction and a clear objective. So, if so if I'm trying to balance, say I'm trying to balance in life, You know, one thing about balancing is we can do one or two things. Some people try to balance and they're looking at their feet constantly. Or they're looking at their hands constantly. But we've learned if you're going to have a reference point, you need to find what that reference point is. And you need to focus on that reference point, right? So I'm going to say the reference point is right in front of me and that's where I want to focus. The second thing is you need to have correction, right? So so constantly you need to be correcting things and so I use my I use my hand to correct things and so I'm trying to balance in this situation and then I got to know where I'm going clear objective I want to go to the end and I want to turn back so I'm using the reference point right the correction and this clear objective now I would show off and try to do one of my one of my uh my leg push-ups, and let me see if I can pull it off. I don't think so. <laughs> I, I was saying earlier, Dave, if I fell off the stage, that would make good video. But, but uh, I don't want to fall off the stage. So, so this reference point, you know, you, know, you want to know where you're going. And we're told to keep our eyes on Jesus That Jesus is our reference point, the author and perfecter of our faith. This this modification, this tweaking of things. You know, if if we're going a little pack, we got a plank and we're trying to keep our balance, we got to tweak things. And then this clear objective. If we don't know where we are and we don't know where we're going, we're never going to get there. We're never going to get there. Now, if I violate any of the laws of balance while trying to keep my balance, something happens immediately. I lose my balance. But here's the the sneaky part. If If you violate any of the laws of financial balance, nothing happens immediately. That's the sneaky part. In most of our situations, if we're doing balancing and, and we kind of miss one of the steps, we, we, we kind of lose balance. But in the, in the financial area, we don't lose balance just because we break one of the laws. It's the reason why in life, sometimes, when we get out of financial balance, we don't do anything about it. Because if there were immediate consequences, we would make some course corrections immediately. Here's the reality, if, if we were, if our nose were to grow every time we told a lie, like Pinocchio, eventually we might get to the point where our nose was knocking things down and we might decide that we would stop telling lies. And if our eyes grew bigger, every time we looked at something that we were not supposed to look at, when our eyes got as big as our head or bigger, then maybe we would stop looking at things that we weren't supposed to look at. And if our voice sometimes got squeakier every time we would say something that we were not supposed to say, eventually we might get to the point of stop saying things that we're not supposed to say but why make a course correction in this emerge lifestyle, this emerged new year of giving by the balancing of our finances? Why make a change? Why make a change in course when nothing happens immediately? New Year giving. New Year giving, an emerged new year of giving is based on achieving balance, a balance in our finances. Reference point, constant corrective, clear objective in the way forward. So how is your emerged New Year life of giving going? So let me give you a couple of points here, and then we'll dig deeper into this. Finances follow the law of harvest and not the law of Pinocchio. Finances follows the law of harvest and not the law of Pinocchio. Maybe you never heard about the law of of harvest, the law of harvest works this way: two farmers can, one farmer can sow a whole bunch of seeds, can plant a whole bunch of seeds, can do a lot of work, and another farmer or another farmer could do nothing at all. And in the first two weeks, there would be no big deal. There would be no big deal. You would see no change. It would be no big deal. But but after five and six and seven weeks, in a couple of months, you would begin to see. That one farmer did his or her job and the other farmer did not. And not only would you begin to see that the job was done, but the the Bible talks about this law of harvest where not, not, not just the seed that the plant, the farmer threw out came up, but much more than what the farmer threw out. Here's the other thing. So you sow now and you reap later and you reap greater. Finances do not also follow the fairness doctrine, you know, because rich get richer, poor get poor. Working hard doesn't guarantee anything as it relates to as it relates to the health of your finances, your balance sheet. When in, in an area, whenever, whenever you say, well, finances are not fair. You are correct, and they never will be, because Marx and Mayo, Mayo tried to make it fair. We don't usually want it fair. What we usually want is the freedom to do what we want to do with our finances, and we want some sense of justice in our finances. Fairness requires that someone else take responsibility for my finances, but my financial health, my financial balance is up to me. So financial balance requires that I take responsibility. It's up to me to do the difficult work of managing, of being a good steward of what God has blessed me with. It's up to me to to have this balance in my life where where I have this this kind of way of paying attention to having this thing in front of me that I'm going towards. I'm I'm making course correction. Here's another deceiving thing. Being out of balance financially does not necessarily mean that I have financial problems. Remember what I said? It's the law of the harvest and not the law of Pinocchio. See, see the more you have, the easier it is to get out of balance. And imbalance always creates stress. Inbalance always creates stress. Some of you could testify to that. I can testify to that. Whenever I have imbalance in my life, whether it's financially or spiritually, whatever it is, there's always stress. See, imbalance, being unbalanced in your finances creates an improper value system in our homes. Have you ever grown up and you said this? I know I've said it a couple of times. What my kids are so entitled. Have you ever said that? My kid has this. My kids have this entitlement kind of, kind of perspective. They just think that, that things that they should get, things that things kind of are, are owed them. I grew up in a house. <laughs> I grew up in a house where my dad didn't believe that. My dad's favorite statement was, "Money doesn't grow on trees." And he would say it again and again. I mean, and he was extreme. Some of your parents said that, but maybe your parents were on extreme. So, So we would have a, a field trip, and the school would send home a per- permission slip. And the permission slip would say, hey, the school is going to this place, and this is the reason why we're going in. I will never forget one time we were going to the Air and Space Museum, and we were going, and we were doing history, and it was part of our social studies, our history class. And I was in elementary school, and they sent them a, a, a permission slip. And believe it or not, all we needed was $10. And that was for the ride to the, ride to the Air and Space Museum, the lunch that we were going to have while we were there. All of that was included in the $10. And I went home, and I said to my dad, Dad, I need $10 for the field trip that school is going. And my dad said, do you think money grows on trees? <laughs> And my dad let me sit in study hall (laughs) while everybody else went on the trip. Now, what that taught me was I needed to get a job. And so at 12 years old, most of the people in my family had a job. At 12 years old, whether it was cutting the grass at some neighbor's house or whatever the case might be, because I never wanted that to happen again. Because I'm responsible I'm responsible. My dad taught me that I was responsible. You know what I did? I grew up and said, well, my kid is going to go every trip that she has. My kid is never going to deal with that. And so my kid, my daughter, she wasn't even going to like the Aries Space Museum. She was going all across the country to California for DECA. And we decided that she would go on every trip. And then I scratched my head and said, man, where did, where did this sense of entitlement come from? So when we have that imbalance, we kind of pass on that to our kids. And, and then there's what happens in the homes where, where there's arguing happening, right? There, there's frustration and arguing happening in the home because there's not enough. There's not enough money because when we get out of financial, when we get financially imbalanced, there's, there's not enough And and sometimes it's not that it's not enough, it's just that our lifestyles are out of balance, so it seems like they're not enough. Have you ever been in a situation where you say, I need more money, and then you looked at some stuff and you say, I got so much stuff already? Have you ever been in a situation where you said, I need this? I'm going through this this thing where I I talk about needing something, and so what we try to do is, if I need something. I got to get rid of something else before I need something. We were having this discussion the other day. There's a piece of furniture we were thinking about replacing and and everything like that. And we came to this decision that maybe we didn't need to replace the piece of furniture. Right? Or maybe we need to wait and get a sale and, and all of that kind of stuff. Maybe you have a spouse who's concerned about the future, and so they're saying, uh, we need to save, we need to save. And you're saying, but my boat or, or, my, or my golf or, or my computer or my tech toy or whatever, or maybe it's on the other side. You're saying, we need to, we need to save. And, and the person's saying, we need a bigger house. We need a new car. We want to retire earlier Imbalance, balance. And nothing creates more imbalance than consumer debt. Consumer debt. You know, the stats say that most Americans are $10,000. The average American is $10,000 in in consumer debt. And so if you get together with this, if you're married, right, then you got $20,000 worth of consumer debt. I'm not talking about the car. I'm not talking about the house. I'm not even talking about the college loans. I'm talking about consumer debt. And see what happens when we get out of balance. It drives us to make financial decisions that we would be ashamed to talk about. It drives us to cut corners that we would never cut because of financial imbalance. So, so being out of balance financially doesn't necessarily mean it creates financial problems right away, but we, it creates stress. Unbalance creates habits in a stage of life that we reap the repercussions in another stage of life. I have family members who never saved, who spent every dime they got, and, and now they're older, They have no retirement. They have to live off of what's given to them. So financial imbalance creates habits in one stage of life that we reap repercussions in the next. Unbalance creates worry over having enough when you already have enough. Most USA Americans have all that we need, but we're constantly grappling for more. Unbalance makes it easy to hoard, to get more and more and more and harder to give. Because we begin to find our security. We begin to find our hope. We begin to find the thing that we need in our stuff. And so we get more and more and more and we give less, less and less. And balance makes it easy to spin and very hard to save. Easy to spin and hard to save. Imbalance helps us to presume, to presume on the future rather than prepare for it. Everything is going to be all right I don't have to save, I don't have to put away, I don't have to do retirement, I'll always have a job, I'll always be healthy, I'll always be disease free, the economy will always do well, and then it doesn't, because our economy works on a cycle, it works on a cycle, and there's ups and downs in that cycle, the pendulum swings backwards and forwards, now back to this law of balance. When things begin to get out of balance in our finances, uh, uh, things begin to get out of balance, we begin to have slippage in our balance when we get our eyes off of our reference point. When we lose sight of the proper objective, then it's hard for us to have an emerged new life of New Year giving mentality. Now some of you are saying, James, that's good. Thank you for the financial lesson. I could have gotten that from Larry Burkett, right? I could have read a book. My financial planner could have said something to me about that. I I, I could have gone to a Dave Ramsey seminar. Why are we talking about this in church? What gives, James? I'm glad you asked. Imbalance financially is an indication of imbalance spiritually, Can I say that again? When you and I are out of balance financially, it is an indication that we are out of balance spiritually. See, there's a relationship between the way you handle money and your devotion to God. Jesus had so much to say, so much to say about money and what he was saying again and again and again is you can't be financially irresponsible and be a follower of Jesus Christ. You can't be a belonger. He even talks about paying taxes. Jesus said more about money. He talked more about money. He spoke more about money than he spoke about heaven and hell combined. Why? Why? Why would Jesus talk more about money than he talks about heaven and hell combined? Because there's a relationship between your use of money and the condition of your heart and my heart. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And because we have so much, and because we live in a nation for the most part of plenty, the number one God, the number one thing that, that challenges us in this area of our idolatry is finances. And so it's, it's almost as if, and Jesus was talking to this, he was talking to it to a, in kind of an agricultural kind of community, but it was almost like he could yell to us today in 2021, it's almost like he could yell to us here at, at Salem Fields Community Church or, or, or belongers in Fredericksburg. He could yell to us for where your treasure is, where your money is, there your heart is also. As your money goes, your heart. Ever competed with someone else's stuff? Have you ever felt like your, your spouse or your parent owned something that was more important than you? It's why it's so important. That we don't gather stuff and we don't hoard stuff that we cannot lose. People will ask me to borrow money. And I'll say, I don't borrow money, I give money. If I can't afford to give it, you can't borrow it. I just give it away. Because I don't want it to come between my relationship with that person. And so I just give it away expecting never to come back. I don't even believe people when they say they'll pay me back. I just give it if God tells me to give it. See, see, here's what Jesus was saying. He was saying, I can't have total access to your heart until, until I get total access of your treasure. There's a constant tension here. There's a tension between the lordship of, of Jesus Christ and the lordship of our money because that's why Jesus said, no, no worker can serve two bosses. He'll either hate the first and love the second or adore the first and despise the second. You can't serve both God and the bank. And let me be honest with us. Some of us are serving the bank. Some of us are constantly thinking about the bank because we're constantly thinking about our debt. We're constantly thinking about what we owe. It's causing stress in our families. It's causing stress in our lives. I know I'm preaching to the choir. (laughs) I know you I know you have financial balance in your life. <laughs> this idea of where our finances are, there our heart is also. You know one of the things that I've heard in this constant conversation over the last year as we've dealt with this kind of turmoil in our nation, is I've heard people talk about protecting their way. Of life. Have you heard that? I've heard that statement. I I need to protect my way of life. I need to protect my money. I need to protect my stuff. Your stuff, my stuff, belongs to God if we are belongers. And we don't have to protect it because it belongs to God. And if God wants us to have it so he can work through us, so that he can bring hope to people and Christ to people anywhere, anyone, anywhere, he'll help us do it. And if we don't have a dime in our pocket, he can still help us achieve that mission in this day. Because God has the ability to raise up the resources that we need out of nothing. He would rather work through us. He would rather kind of work through us and, and change our character and have us think about resources and finances differently. But he does not need to protect our stuff. He wants to protect us because more important than our stuff is us. God cares way more about you. He cares way more about your spiritual condition. He cares way more about your character. He cares way more about people created in His image than He cares about our stuff. But the world spends trillions of dollars telling us that it's about our stuff. And the person who has the most stuff wins. And the person that drives the best car and lives in the best house and has all the stuff, that person wins. I've never, I've never heard anybody say that at a funeral service. I never heard anybody say that at a hospice bed. You know what usually happens? In the funerals I've been in, when the person has had a lot of stuff, they are fighting over the stuff before we can even talk about the funeral service. You need to be a pastor sometime and see people fighting over stuff before the funeral is planned. I'm like, hold it. Let's plan the funeral and honor the person and celebrate their life. And then you can fight over the stuff. So how do you move into an emerged new year of giving? Remember the laws of balance. Reference point. Constant correction. Clear objective. And then I want to introduce something new to you. Spy on your money. Spy on your money. This week I want you to spy on your money. It's very easy now you can go into your iPhone and or your iPad or go on your computer and and you can look at your statement and you can see everything you spent money on. Now if you do a credit card it might be harder. I don't do credit cards. Every time I go somewhere someone's giving me asking me if I want a credit card. I don't do credit cards. At 18 I realized I couldn't do credit cards. Because when Rose and I went to buy a house, one of my credit cards I had back at 18 was on my credit record. And it was was then that I decided I don't do credit cards, I do debit cards. And when the money is gone, it's gone, and it's easy for me to spy on my money. Follow it. See where it's going. See what it's doing. and, and, And as you do that, it will be clear to you. It will be clear to you, you will have a sense of a a point of reference. You'll be able to correct some stuff. See, we we know where our house note is going, our car note is going, but I'm talking about all of our money. We must develop some kind of practice, some kind of method, some kind of system of tracking where our money goes. If you're going to have balance, it's necessary See, because you cannot go where, where you need to be if you don't know where you are and if you don't have a clear objective about where you're going. I was surprised by what, by, by what I actually spent money on. And, 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 and I, I was surprised by it. So I went and I followed my money for the last two weeks. And let me tell you, it's not in this order, but let me tell you where I spent it. God. Not in this order. Food. Savings. Bills, house stuff, and clothes. Now, I decided that I spent probably too much money on food. I'm not talking about food like groceries. I'm talking about the box, right? (laughs) I'm talking about the box. You know, Starbucks and and Sonic. And I need to make a correction to something I said a couple of weeks ago. I don't like McDonald's except the sausage McMuffin with egg. It's the greatest sandwich ever made. And so when I see McDonald's, it's usually a sausage McMuffin with egg. <laughs> so, so let me help you out. As belongers, here are some giving priorities in wrapping this up. For you and I, to, to, if we're going to seek to live an emerged new year of giving through financial balance, here are some priorities. Remember, you're a steward and not an owner. Remember, you are steward or not owner. I hear people talk about my, 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 my stuff, my money, my investments, my, 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 my. If you are a longer, you are a steward. God's money, God's stuff. And when we get that out of sync, we get out of balance. Because when it's God's stuff, we offer it to him and we hold loosely to it. When it's our stuff, we hold on tight to it. And so when it's our money and God says, give it to this person, we say, God, but it's my money. I earned it. I made it possible. But when it's God's money, we just believe that if God asks us to give, he can replace it. No amens there. (laughs) Number two, your first and best belongs to God. Not just the first and best of your day, but the first and best of your finances belongs to God. Your first and your best. You get a check, your first and your best belongs to God. Go ahead and give it to Him. Go ahead ahead and give it to Him. Go ahead and give back to Him what is already His. Number three, on payday, number one, you pay God. Give Him your first and best. Number two, you pay yourself. Save for the future. Savings, investment, retirement, etc. Number three, you pay your bills. And then on the rest, you live like Jesus would live. Some financial priorities. See, in this New Year, Emerge New Year, Life of Giving. I don't want anything for you, from you. I want something for you. I want you to trust God in every area of your life and experience God's faithfulness financially. Trusting God with your money is an invitation for him to get involved, to to take and multiply. I want you to be free to go where God wants you to go to do what he wants you to do. And to give what he wants you to give. The, the number one reason to have financial balance in your life is so that when God says, get up and go here, you can go. And when God says, give this, you can give it because you have financial balance in your life and you've prepared for it and you know it belongs to him. I want you to be, be wise in your financial stewardship. And that happens when you know where your money is going and, and, you, and you save and you have a plan and more than anything else, I want us as belongers to be content. Paul said it. I have learned to be content in all circumstances, whether I have plenty or very little. I've learned to be content because it belongs to God. And so I'm challenging you. I'm challenging us to, to to work and walk into a new year with this emerged new year of giving. And I can, I can testify that if you will, if you will put these principles into practice, that you will be free. The stuff that causes us the most stress is usually the God in our lives. And when I, when I put him number one my stress level begins to go down. As I was watching the news on Wednesday and I saw all that was going on, my stress level began to rise. And God said to me, James, I am in charge. You just bow your knee to me and be willing to go and do and say the way, what I direct. You're going to be all right. Would you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for your challenge to live as if it all belongs to you. To live knowing that that nothing is going to happen that you don't know about or you did not allow and that you won't use to our good and your glory. Father, I, I just believe as belongers here at Salem Fields Community Church, if we, can, if we can move into the new year with this emerged new year of giving and we can, we can, uh, can be talking about balance and this reference point and constant correction and this, this object, this, this kind of specific object and, and knowing where we're going. If we can understand, Father, that, that money is all about the, the law of the harvest if we can understand that, 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 that what we're doing now is going to either pay off in the future, good or bad. And if we can have right priorities, Father, I believe that you will do something in and through us that we've never seen in our lives. And I believe that we will walk through this new year in a different kind of way, with a different perspective about who you are and who others are all around us. So would you help us, Father, in these days? Would you direct us? Would you help us to understand this idea that where our money is, there our heart is also, and so we have some decisions to make. Help us through the power of your Holy Spirit to do that which we cannot do on our own, Transform us from the inside out. Now, Father, I never want to do a service like this where I don't give a person opportunity, maybe someone listening online or someone in an auditorium that does not have a personal relationship with you. so they don't even understand this idea of stewardship. They don't even understand that all that, that, that we have belongs to God. And so Father, I, I, I prayed this today. That if a person's in here and, and you're speaking to them, Father, that they would say, Here I am, God, all, all that I am the good, the bad, the ugly, the debt, everything that I am, I give to you. I ask you to come in and be the CEO of my life, not just, not just my finances, but everything in my life, every area of my life, I give to you. I ask that you would forgive me for my, doing my own thing, for living in my own rebellion and come and live inside my heart and begin to change me. There might be some folks who are far away from God. You, had a, you gave your life to God a long time ago and you walked away and maybe you're coming home today. Just know that God is a God who meets you at the gate and he comes running to you to restore relationship. Today, some of us just need to fully surrender our lives and say, God, finally, You are not just in charge of this area of my heart and this area of my heart, but today I give you my my finances. I give you what belongs to, to you. Here it is, God. Direct it. Guide it. Thank you for all you're doing, Father, today. In us, making us more and more like your son, making us true belongers. In your name I pray, amen.
0: Hey, thanks so much for joining us for worship today. We hope that you experience God in a real and relevant way and that he spoke to you during the worship today. And don't be a stranger. We would love to connect with you. There's a number of opportunities that are coming up and ongoing. We have a bunch of small groups that are meeting that if you're local, we would love you to connect or even if you're not, they're often offered digitally. So you can just email us at smallgroups@salemfields.com. Or if you'd like to have a conversation with Pastor James himself, he would love to chat with you. and You can just email him at at jamesatsalemfields.com. Well, I hope that your new year continues to be awesome. I hope that it is a lot better than 2020. And we will look forward to seeing you next week.